Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady, and I am here with my very special guest, Tamina Watson. Hey, Tamina. Hi, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Hey, folks, we were talking about a lot, and I'm actually fascinated and trying not to, you know, go down into the Google world and look up all this stuff that you're talking about, because even as the HR lady, I am not an expert at immigration, and I rely on folks like you But I, you know, in our last chat, I asked you about costs and yeah, you know, you've confirmed that the costs are going up, the government's raising the cost. So I'm kind of calculating in my head anywhere between five to maybe $10,000 for uh, the most common workplace visas. That sound about right? Sounds about right. Here's the interesting folks, since COVID, so since 2020, the cost of recruiting uh, people that do not require immigration uh, visas. So the cost of recruiting within the United States has gone up, I'm going to say, five times. So if you're thinking, oh, I'll just fill a position with a local worker who already is, you know, either a citizen or already has the right to work in the United States, it's just going to cost me a couple hundred bucks to fill, you know, put an ad out there. Nope. And let me tell you how I know this, because I have I do recruiting for my clients as well. And most of them are shocked when they they figure out, like, how long it's going to take to fill these positions, because you and everybody in your neighborhood and everybody in your state. And now because of remote work, everybody in the country are trying to get the same type of people to apply for the jobs. So you might interview 14 people, but only one of them is going to be interested. So the cost of recruiting has gone up a ton. How do you solve that? You can go and spend that money on somebody who's already applied to your position, but they need a workplace visa. In the end, it's probably going to be a wash. What do you think about that, Tamina? I love that perspective. And I can tell you, as a business owner, I have suffered from this issue myself. Uh, And on some occasions, when even even if you found that one person, you're lucky if you're not ghosted. By that yep. person. You know, it's it's a very interesting time in the world because there are these shifts going on that you would never have thought about pre-COVID. And yeah. so you're totally right about that. And the benefit of having an immigrant worker is that once you have spent that, uh, you know, let's call it $10,000 type of round number and easy to mention, that person is bound to work for you. It's one employer, one visa. And so that person, if they're not working, they are now out of status. They are obligated to work for that employer. Right. If they want to go to another employer, the other employer has to file for that, but they can't just leave you because then they can they can jeopardize their entire future. So I love that perspective, Wendy, and I've not heard it. You have to come on my podcast to talk about that. All right. We will we'll schedule that after we complete my podcast, right? But it's <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like I'm all like fired up now because I'm gonna be like, oh, I gotta tell my clients this when we can't find these hard to fill positions. Um, that if you're already going to spend 10, if you're lucky, $10,000 in recruiting costs and somebody ghosts you even after you give them an offer or they start 
And then they leave because their their company that they really wanted to work for then gave them an offer. There's nothing you can do to stop them from leaving. But what you're saying is if they have a workplace visa through the employer, they're obligated to stay there. So it's almost like, I hate this word, but it's almost like an employment contract that says, nope, you got to stay here or you've got to leave the country, right? That is absolutely true. And I'm so excited about your excitement because I, I think the other, the other thing to think about is even if you find somebody that could use a visa, there are different problems with different visas. So one of the strategies I try to impart to a lot of my startup clients particularly is that do a country specific recruitment strategy. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at somebody from Canada or Mexico, that visa is relatively quick to obtain. Um, and there are other countries like that. So, you know, maybe offline I can give you some tips about this is what you can do and think about it. But I do think that there is a strategy in how you can approach finding the right people quick enough. Well, let's talk a little bit about COVID. I mean, we started talking about it, you know, throughout our couple series, our sessions already. You know, how has COVID affected workers with visas, which of course affects employers who want to, those workers. Oh my gosh, I mean, where do I even begin? So first <laughs> of all, I have a regular, currently it's monthly, a monthly column in a national legal magazine called Above the Law, Above the Law. And in that I write uh, various insights and thought pieces on what I'm seeing and how that is relevant to the layperson. And so I talk about the legal problems I see in a very understandable way with examples. And I think it might benefit for you, some of your listeners at least to find those and just see the subject matter heading to see what applies and what will be of interest. But the COVID issue has really um, hammered the problem to such an extent that it's a circular problem of we need immigration reform and we need all these other visa categories. So let me just give you examples of what happened. There are people in the US who have work visas and these work visas look like this. They have a stamp in their passport that will say valid from X state to X state. And if they leave the country, they can return to the US showing that visa stamp. There's something else called an approval notice saying that you have an H-1B or whatever that visa is from X state to X state. When they have that visa, um, that approval notice, that approval notice can prolong. If you're in the U.S., you can keep extending. So you might have an approval notice that is now up to 2026. But that visa stamp in your passport can only be given by an embassy. And so in COVID, everybody shut down. Immigration shut down, the embassy shut down. And in the meantime, and I'll give you a concrete example of a client of mine, uh, and this is just a generic example because this happened to many people. COVID affected family members who are basically on the path to dying. And if these family members were to leave the country with a visa stamp that was already expired, even if they had an approval that was uh, still valid for several years, the moment they leave the country, they could not enter, re-enter, unless they get another valid visa stamp in their passport. That visa stamp can only be given from an embassy, but those embassies had shut down. Ah. When they reopened, they had already cancelled hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applications, thousands actually, where they cannot catch up. 
So the backlog is such that no matter what visa you are looking for to get a stamp for, I have an interview, tourist visa, business visa, work visa, green cards, no matter which embassy, which country, everybody has a backlog. And gotcha. so those backlogs are both at the embassy. So people are for all intents and purposes feel trapped in the US because if they leave, they can't come back. And so a lot of family members have not been able to see their parents, you know, burials or family members burials because of COVID. And a lot of people who were actually not supposed to be outside the country for too long got stuck outside the country and had their visas denied. So in Above the Law, I have a story um, of a client uh, in, and the title of that article is Love is, is a Boomerang. I'd love for people to read it. These problems that we have faced in COVID are unprecedented. And no matter what the visa, no matter what the green card application, there have been COVID impacts. Yeah, wow. Thank you for breaking that down because I don't think the average person understands what you just said that somebody left for vacation and then got stuck somewhere because of COVID and they couldn't come back because of their immigration status. And then in, you know, in the, in the big picture, that person was supposed to come back to a job because they already had, uh, for lack of a better word, a, an agreement or a contract with that employer who paid for them. And now the, the employee has no job, can't come to, back to the United States, and the employer has no candidate that or no, uh, no worker. That about sums it up, right? That's right. And it happens in family-based cases where, you know, loved ones got separated and couldn't come back. So many different types of scenarios. And I write about many of them in those articles. And I would love for people to read them and then let me know if you have questions. Awesome. So for folks that didn't hear that, uh, before we move on to our last series here, it is AboveTheLaw.com. And you can just type in Tamina's name, Tamina, T-A-H-M-I-N-A, Watson. And I'm looking at the article right now, Love is a Boomerang. So check that out. In the meantime, we'll be right back with episode five. And I want to talk a little bit more about some tips for employers and workers regarding these work visas. Uh, what to do, what not to do. We already talked about job descriptions being the main thing. And then a little bit more about, oh, I don't know, training. So we will be right back. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.